0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
1: Golden, Colorado. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History
2: title! Tie
1: game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot.
2: Welcome to the full slate week six NFL pick'em pod. I'm your co-host Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother Tyler
0: Darwick. Tyler how's it already week six it's crazy we're already at week six 49ers are four now they dominated last night on monday night that that felt great it
2: it was amazing we had jake burns on last pick'em pod to preview the the matchup and we were i think i was more confident than you but still wary of the fact that this this was kind of a prove it game and my God, it was it was one of the more enjoyable games I could remember remember watching.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I was definitely nervous going into the game, just the way Cleveland had played the previous week. 49ers coming off a bye. Um, you just didn't know what to expect. Like you said, approve a game for 49ers, and they just played unbelievable on defense. Nick Bosa was in the backfield all night, stomping on Baker Mayfield's grave. The secondary, which I was slightly nervous about with Akilah Witherspoon going down, played well. Um so yeah, all in all, it was a great game and Matt Breida took their first play from Scrimmage to the House. So couldn't really have started much better than that. Can't ask for much more than that. Um your boy Cowherd got some nice
2: takes in today, I'm sure. Um did you did you happen to see any of it?
0: I caught part of it. Um he did praise Kyle Shanahan a lot, which I which we love to hear. Um, you know, he's critical of Baker. I didn't get to see a ton of it, but yeah, last night was great validation for him. I will say, uh, you know, the second interception he threw was, wasn't a great pass, but it's also really bad luck. I think, um, who's a wide receiver, Antonio Callaway, Callaway has to catch that ball. If he catches it, it's 14, 10. Um, you know, the momentum's different instead it pops up 49ers, pick it off. They returned it past midfield, scored the touchdown before half, and is is over from there. So it's pretty crazy how quick it could turn. But, yeah, Cleveland Cleveland looked awful.
2: Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Dead in the water. Um, we're about to hop in and start talking about their game in a little bit. But real quick, give a recap of where we're at on the season. And, Tyler, we actually have the same record. On Each week we preview five games, and we are both 13-11-01 year to date uh both went three and two last week um and both four and one on locks of the week so we actually have on todd wishnev who we had on one of our first episodes under the blue wire fam um and todd from showtime's action docu series we have him on to kind of give us quick update on how his nfl season is going as well as a lock of the week so listen all the way through the end for that one. Um and uh yeah, it was great to have Todd back on. We we wanted to have him on uh since he told us the timely story about his Yom Kippur massacre story. Um so that is now, actually, Tyler. It is right now. So we are repenting for our sins as we record.
0: <laughs> repenting for all the bad that's what we've made over, um, you know, the past year. Cleaning our souls and ready to move on. But like you said, we're going to get into this Browns game first, so let's do it. Seahawks travel to Cleveland. Browns are one-and-a-half point home dogs. This game opens with the Browns as a favorite, I think, after last night. Swung everyone onto Seattle, so now they are a road favorite. The over forty-seven and is 47-and-a-half. Cody, are you with the public and running away from the Browns?
2: So... This line feels so trappy to me, uh, looking at my bookie right now, plus two. It, it's just one of those games where it's like you have everyone who watched both teams play on, on primetime games the previous week, right? Seattle with the big emotional win at home. Russell Wilson, front runner now following Mahomes losing to the Colts probably for the MVP at this point him McCaffrey Mahomes kind of the three Um, and you have the Browns who they literally bench Baker Mayfield at the end of the game already spoke about it they got literally stomped on uh, by the Niners last night all that being said Tyler this feels just it's one of those games where it's a classic road favorite scenario where you're like, hmm, minus two. Like, that's so easy. Like, how, how does Seattle not cover that? Uh, but, Tyler, the Browns have had some success at home with Baker Mayfield as home dogs. Uh, they're 4-2 against a spread since last year um, at home in these spots. I like the Browns, actually, um, because I, I just – The NFL is the hardest sport to bet week in, week out. You never know what the heck you're going to get. And Seattle just feels way too obvious. Like this line should be closer to like three and a half, four, right? And it's not. Why can you, can you explain that to me?
0: Seattle should be favored by three and a half, four. Correct. Correct. Well, you could say a team going from the West coast to the East coast, um, early start, but Seattle did have the extra rest. The NFL scheduling makes no sense. Seattle and both the Rams played last Thursday night, and now they're playing teams that are coming off Monday night games. Pretty unfair, if you ask me. Browns playing in San Francisco last night, now fly home uh, to take on a rested Seattle team. Doesn't seem super favorable. Um, Seattle is 6-1 and one against the spread, their last 7 on the road. I don't know. Like I agree with you that this seems so obvious that Seattle should win this game to, and you should take the Browns. But I just like, how do you not take Seattle?
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So take point.
0: the Browns.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This, there are just certain lines where it just feels, it just feels so trappy, like the biggest trap in the world. And just looking at this week, six board, this line is, is up there as, as the biggest trap spot in my mind, I think Cleveland bounces back at home. I think it's a little bit of a letdown game for Seattle, going west to east i I'm just i'm I'm not personally betting this one we're talking about it because it's one of the best matchups of the week, but I'm taking Cleveland plus two
0: I don't know if I can get there with you. I want to believe in it, but just hearing this quote. Coat- this quote from Freddie Kitchens about last night really uh, deters me from taking the Browns. So the Browns were down, I believe it was 28-3 to at the point in the 49ers game is was over and late in the fourth quarter. They put Odell Beckham back to return a punt, which is so stupid at that point in the game. Why put your star receiver who you traded a lot, you traded a first-round pick to get, you can't afford an injury at that point in the game. It's so stupid. It's garbage time. And when someone asked him about it, he said, Odell catches punts every day. Just give him a whirl at it and see. Like, what does he think they're playing? This is NFL, very dangerous, very easily could have gotten injured. He ended up fumbling. <laughs> how? Like, how can you bet on a Freddie Kitchens coach team versus a P. Carroll team with extra rest? Russell Wilson is playing this well. I hear everything you're saying, but it's just so hard to, like, just Freddie Kitchens versus Pete Carroll. That's it.
2: It it feels way too obvious. That's why. It just it stinks of a trap. I smell it from here. Um it's yeah, I'm
0: I'm staying away. I'm staying I'm, away. I'm going into the trap. Um the rat going towards the cheese. Maybe it'll snap my neck, maybe it won't, but I'll feel okay um, going with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll nine times out of ten versus Kitchens and Mayfield. Let's move away from this game um, to a really – I think this slate in general is really good this week, the five games we're going to talk about. The next one, Texans at the Chiefs. Chiefs, four-and-a-half-point favorites, over-unders 55. Chiefs come off a disappointing loss on Sunday night versus the Colts. And, Cody, I'll tip my cap to you. You You were on the Colts. You had to convince me. Yeah, you like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a lot
2: of energy out of you tonight. Um, I, I, I like the Chiefs um, in this one. The Chiefs, this line opened at minus seven. It's all the way down to four and a half. Now, Sammy Watkins is probably out. Mahomes basically limped his way through the second half of that Colts game, um, which is a bit unnerving as a Mahomes fantasy owner, but also if if you are anyone that has a future on, on Mahomes or the Chiefs. Um, but the Chiefs, quite frankly, the past couple weeks, like they played a close game versus the Lions. They kind of pulled that one out late. They stumbled versus the Colts last week. I like them, though, at home in the spot in a bounce back. Um, little, little stat for you here, Tyler. Chiefs are 8-3 against the spread. Their last 11 home games after they failed to cover their previous home game. Um, I, I think they're too talented. The Texans are a team that have burned me. They burned me two weeks ago. Sean Watson looked incredible. Five touchdowns. They rushed for over 160 yards as a team. So you're thinking, oh, maybe the offensive line's getting it together. They did it versus the Falcons, who I'm um, just throwing everything out um, anytime someone plays against the Falcons. Um, I think it's this is too much respect for a Texans team that, is very, very Jekyll and Hyde. You never know what you're going to get out of them. Four and a half, I like seeing this line drop so precipitously. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the Chiefs four and a half. Does that make me a dummy? And with the public and fading the sharps, um, potentially. It
0: <laughs> could make you a dummy. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time. That, um, <laughs> this wouldn't be the reason why, but yeah, it's different. Yeah, I, I don't know. I go back and forth. I, I find myself liking this Texans team a lot. Um, Bill O'Brien really makes me question that from time to time, but just the way they could play certain weeks, they look like one of the best teams in the league, and then they'll drop an absolute egg the following week. I know it was versus the Falcons, but still the offense was so explosive last week, getting Will Fuller involved. DeAndre Hopkins still hasn't gotten up to what he's been in prior years, so he's still... Waiting to happen like the Chiefs defense is terrible last week versus the Colts. The Colts outpossessed them 37 minutes to 22 in the game. It feels like that's how you beat that team. The Chiefs have given up the second most first downs in the NFL on defense. They're 19th in the league on third down uh, conversion percentage on defense. So teams can stay on the field versus Chiefs. Keep the ball away from Mahomes. Like I really want to take the Texans four and a half. Uh, It needs to be a little higher. Um it, it need it
2: need if this line stayed at what it opened at, I'd be all over it at that seven mark. Like a touchdown feels great. For, I know it's only two and a half points, but that just feels like the a world of difference. Bill O'Brien on the road. I don't know. I just I don't I don't have a ton of faith in this Texans team. They need a they need to prove it to me. That this this team can't put together two good games in a
0: row. Yeah, I agree. The, I mean, that's how the whole AFC South feels, right? Team will win one week, look great. They'll lose the next week. This might sound really stupid, but I see either the Chiefs covering this game or the Texans winning outright as a dog. I don't – does that make – is that stupid? It sounds kind of stupid. I don't think that's
2: stupid. Um, I'm going to be a supportive older brother here, but I actually agree with you. Um, I see a world where Mahomes is kind of gimpier than we expect – and uh maybe JJ Watt can wreak a little havoc there on him and and Deshaun Watson just stays hot like I, yeah i could see that by that narrative i think the more likely uh uh sorry I can't use my words tonight a uh, series of events is is that Mahomes gets back on track and i mean he's he's been held uh, held under wraps the last couple weeks this isn't something we've ever seen before, before out of him um so I don't I don't think we're gonna see it three games in a row. I think there's a chance Tyreek Hill comes back as well. Um, I'm I'm on the Chiefs in this one four and a half. It's just
0: not enough. I I'm surprised that the line moved this much. Yeah, I mean I I see the game playing out. Mahomes can play well and bounce back and throw three touchdowns, get back to his level, and the Texans can still win. The over/unders 55. That's a big number for an NFL game, but if you're taking it i like the over. The total's gone over for the four of Houston's last five road games. Um, like i mentioned that stat earlier, Kansas City's 19th in third down percentage on defense getting off the field, Houston's 25th. Both of these teams have trouble getting off the field on third down. So, it could be some explosive plays. And also I see an angle where I think Deshaun Watson comes into this game with a huge chip on his shoulder, him and Mahomes in the same draft class. People view Mahomes as, you know, the face of the league, the next best quarterback after, you know, Brady and all these guys are moving on to an older age or retiring, and it's justified. But I think Watson has a chip on his shoulder, and he's like, hey, I I could be at that level too. Uh, The first time they played, he's the only time he's played Kansas City in his career – he threw for 261 yards and five touchdowns. That game was 42 to 34. And that was with Alex Smith playing quarterback. So I see this being a super high scoring game.
2: Yeah, I, I like the over angle as well. 55 is a lot of points, but that feels like a nice number. So are you on the Chiefs or the Texans, or just the overs your play?
0: Taking the over. I might sprinkle a little bit on Texans money line.
2: Okay, so you're steering clear of the spread. Um, that should be a fun one in, in the early slate at 1 o'clock. Uh, another fun one, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, fresh off uh, my, my witnessing their victory against the New York Giants. Uh, they are home against the Philadelphia Eagles, who laid an absolute smackdown on the New York Jets. Uh, Vikings three-point home favorites, over under 43.5, Tyler, what 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 do you think my head Zach? Where what do you think my head? Where my head is going to be at with this one? God, we're having trouble with words tonight.
0: It's been it's been a tough night for both of us. Um, beginning <laughs> be, beginning the fat beginning the fast. It's understandable. We're already yeah. getting a little delusional. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're on the Vikings, right? Uh, you know, it's
2: funny because I like opened up tonight, doing my research before the pod, and I was like, I kind of like the Eagles in this spot. And then I just start digging into my numbers on the Vikings at home, and I just I get too excited. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm on the Vikings again. They're 2-0 at home this year. The, the Eagles are absolute trash in early games. They're 1-9-1 and against the spread their last 11 early games. On the flip side, the Vikings are 7 and one their last eight early games in that spot. And uh, the, the Vikings have, we know, we've been this point to a, a pulp, that Kirk Cousins is good against bad teams now Eagles aren't a bad team however the Vikings are good as a favorite they're 8 and 1 against the spread their last 9 as a favorite and at home this team is just a different animal their defense is legit and I don't Tyler I don't know this Eagles defense they absolutely destroyed the uh the Jets but they've allowed the fourth most passing yards in the NFL does that mean back to back
0: big weeks for my guy Kirk that Eagles early game stat I saw that as well blew my mind. Like they're in, they play in Philadelphia, aren't all their games uh, early games? Yeah, pretty... they're not good against the spread. Is what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty shocking. They are twelve and four against the spread. Their last sixteen versus Minnesota, five and one against the spread. Their last six on the road. These two teams played last year in Philadelphia, and the Vikings won that game. Kirk Cousins did play well. All the trends. I mean, most of the trends, I should say, are pointing to the Vikings. Like you mentioned, they're great at home. Um, they're 13-5 against the spread at home since 2017. One of the best home teams in the league. One thing I would bring up about the Eagles defense, yes, they might be vulnerable with the pass, but they do have the best rushing defense in the NFL. And the Minnesota formula to win games, Dalvin, a lot of Dalvin Cook, not a lot of Kirk Cousins. So if Philadelphia starts slowing down Dalvin Cook and you put the game in Kirk Cousins hands. You know, do we have do we have confidence in him? We we
2: we know how that storyline plays out. Um it's not it's not well. Um but maybe he has a little bit of confidence back him and Adam Thielen. Maybe are on speaking terms now uh, after what happened last week. Him uh, with a big breakout game against the Giants. Stefan Diggs kind of seems like a lost puppy at this point, but there still are enough toys in that backfield. Three points at home. The, my my big thing here is, I just I love the Vikings defense, um, and I think we haven't. Wentz hasn't been super impressive this year. Quite frankly, uh, he played well versus the Packers, obviously, but even against the Jets, he didn't have to do much under 200 yards. This is kind of a prove it game for me, uh, for the Eagles, if, if they are going to be uh, kind of the class of the NFC East. I think they do go into Minnesota and get the win, but I, I don't know that I'm buying them as that team. Um I, I think that the Vikings will be able to keep Jordan Howard under wraps and force Wentz into throwing 35-plus times, and I'm not sure that's the Eagles' recipe.
0: Yeah, the more you talk about it, I think I'm going to be on the Vikings too. I know that goes against everything I say about Kirk Cousins, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more about the defense. Like you mentioned, they have the ninth-best rush defense in the NFL, and as you mentioned, Carson Wentz has been good this year. He hasn't been great. I know they won that game versus the Packers, but he threw for under 200 yards in that game as well. So still some inconsistencies from him. That NFC East, it feels like every year whenever you think there's like a clear-cut favorite, that's not the case. And it's back and forth, and it's just ugly games with that division. So I do like the Vikings. Their defense is so good. The, the, the most points they gave up this year was 21 versus Packers and Lambeau. And that came in, like, a quarter. And then the rest of the game, they basically shut down Rodgers. So I, I really love this Vikings defense at home. They're a great bet. So I'm taking Kirk Cousins this week versus a winning team. So, you know, I that that just really speaks to my maturity. Not, you know, betting with my heart, betting with my head in the numbers. It really shows how much I've grown in uh, the year doing this.
2: You have grown up. Uh, I don't think... There's no, there's no world in which 2018 Tyler is is making this bet. So 2019 Tyler, the world's your oyster out there, kid. Uh, we're, <laughs> all, we're, we're all, we're pr- all, we're all proud of you. Um, this next game, I think listeners will be on pins and needles uh, to find out who we like in this one. Uh, but the 49ers, fresh off their their absolute. Wagon of a victory against the Browns on Monday Night Football, the only undefeated team left in the NFC, uh, one of two in the NFL. They go into L.A. to take on the Rams, their division rival, minus three and a half over under 50, 50 and a half. We got McVaver, Shanahan. This feels like the start of something like one of many. Uh, we both really wanted this to become like kind of a rivalry thing. Um, and now it feels like we finally arrived that the 49ers are respectable enough of a team uh to try and punch the rams in the mouth here on sunday
0: uh tyler three and a half is the number uh what are your thoughts yeah i totally agree and i think shanahan comes into this game with i believe a chip on his shoulder you know him and mcveigh both got to their teams at the, the same year and have had differing success the 49ers were Absolute train wreck when Shanahan got there last year. There were some expectations uh, that they'd be better. Garoppolo goes down. They have a ton of injuries. And the Rams obviously have made the playoffs, went to the Super Bowl. So everyone is hyped up McVay as the best young coach in the league, trying to find the next McVay. I think that personally pisses off Shanahan. He probably thinks, you know, these guys are on the same staff in Washington. I think Shanahan thinks he's the best coach, best offensive play caller, a uh, young guy in the league. So I think he comes in, you know, with a chip on his shoulder to design a great game plan. Kyle Juszczyk being out does make me nervous. I think that adds such a wild card element to the 49ers offense. Um, what, do you, what do you think? <laughs> you and Booger both. Booger was... Absolutely distraught once
2: you went down. Uh, real, He's awful, by the way. We made that joke. I tweeted out last night. We made get Booger in the booth jokes last year quite a bit because uh, we thought his little insights from, from his Booger Mobile on the sideline were good. Uh, but he is insufferable, in my opinion, in the booth. Uh, quick tangent. Just like being like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been underwhelming in this game Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play the best game anyone's ever seen. He also didn't play the worst. Like, he was perfectly fine to pretty good, in my opinion. They ran all over the the Browns. He didn't really need to do much, uh, but he kept, like, harping on, on how bad Jimmy G played and, like, didn't fully, like, I feel like, bang home how bad Baker Mayfield was. So, whatever. Quick tangent there. Sorry, but yes, you should check out four to six weeks. Big loss. Niners still without Joe Staley. Another loss, but it seems like they're getting better offensive line play than they w- would have expected at a rookie just in school. Um, at, I mean... To be honest, we can't give our listeners an unbiased pick here. I love the night. Like, I still think the 49ers are underrated. Uh, they are 4-0. They're one of two undefeated teams. But still feels like they're not totally getting the respect they deserve. And honestly, I am I'm fine with that. It feels it's more fun that way. They feel very 2011, Harbaugh's first year, where they kind of came on the scene and they're punching people in the mouth with the run game and uh, getting great pressure uh, with the defensive front. Tyler, I will hit you with this against the spread trend that I used earlier in the season when uh, I believe the Rams were hosting the Saints. Uh, Since McVay's been the Rams head coach in 2017, they are 8-0-1. Sorry, sorry. 7-1 against the spread with a rest advantage. Now, obviously, they get that after playing last Thursday. So uh, take that for what you will. Um, and they are eight, ten, and one against the spread at home in Mar- in McVay's coaching career, which actually not that outstanding. I like Niners plus three and a half, but again, couldn't be more biased. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we lead with that, that it's yeah, a bias like, pick. It's as okay. Long, can... as, long, as, as long as we disclaim it, it's totally fine. Um, over under fifty and a half points. I like it. I like the over. I think we'll, yeah. we'll get to that in a little bit.
0: Yeah, what really surprises me—the Rams are four and one against the spread this year. Doesn't feel that way. It feels like you know. I mean, they lost their last two games. Last week was a wild cover. Um, you know, the the Cleveland game was closer than people thought. The Carolina game week one was close for a while. So for them to be four and one against the spread surprises me. They're also eight and two against the spread their last ten games. So got to give you some pro Rams stats there. But I'm I'm with you with the Forty ers I just love the way their defense is playing. I think Quan Alexander has been one of the best acquisitions across the NFL this offseason. It was criticized when the 49ers made it, coming off the injury, the amount of money they gave him, but like when you watch them play, they play with like an energy they didn't have last year. There's a confidence, and I think a lot of that is Quan Alexander. He's a really outgoing personality. He's made Fred Warner better. He's a good player himself, Quan, but I think just the energy he brings it's palpable watching and they just fly around the field and there's a confidence they have having said all that great things about the defense i love the over in this game too (laughs) um i think this game goes similar to the seattle rams game we saw last week back and forth high scoring under mcveigh the rams offense at home averages 32 points a game uh their defense allows three points more at home than on the road and the average total of their home games is 57. So I like the over, and I also like 49ers getting 3.5 points. Like I said at the beginning, I think Shanahan has a lot to prove um, when it comes to him versus McVay. Yeah, I think this
2: could be a big spot for Jimmy G, too. Uh, I think praise has been relatively muted with this hot start. It's been more the run game, their first in the NFL, averaging 200 yards a game on the ground, and obviously the defense has been lights out thus far uh this could be a big spot for jimmy g to kind of put his stamp on what's been a great start to the 49ers season so we'll see what we get there uh again couldn't be more biased but niners three and a half let's ride and Quan alexander great social media follow uh, if anyone's curious um tyler monday night football the detroit lions uh they travel to Lambeau take on the Green Bay Packers. Packers minus four and a half. Over under 47 in this one. Packers coming off that big victory against the Cowboys on Sunday. They're four and one. And the Lions coming off a bye, I feel like we keep forgetting. Like, I keep forgetting they're still above 500. They're 2-1-1. They've been pretty good this year. And they've covered their last three, uh, specifically the last one against the Chiefs at home. Do you think uh, Matthew Stafford, like is this a different Lions team? Should we take them for real and uh, you like them plus four and a half?
0: Oh, it's, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to trust uh, Matthew Stafford um, and just the Matt Patricia coach team. I know they've played well so far, but I'm still not really buying them as a legit contender. And again, going back to the NFL scheduling, The Lions had a bye last week. They're playing Monday night. I'm not going to complain the 49ers had the same setup, but it's just unfair for the other team they're playing that the team coming off the bye gets the extra rest uh, with the Monday night game. I don't know who's determining the NFL schedule, but definitely something that needs to be looked at. But... Detroit is four and one straight up and against the spread their last five versus the Packers. Now I will say Rodgers didn't play in three of those games, but Detroit has gotten better versus them relatively um, you know, the past few years. Having said that, I like the Packers four and a half at home. Um, when they're home favorites of four and a half or less, they're 13-6-1 against the spread their last 20. I think the Packers are just the better team. Their defense will get after Stafford. And Stafford just never plays well versus the Packers. I know the recent success, but again, that wasn't as good of a Green Bay team. Yeah, the
2: Packers have struggled recently. Night games. They're one six and one against the spread. Their last eight night games. And lines have been pretty good in this spot, actually. Uh being road favorites to four and a half or less. They've covered five out of the last six. Now <laughs> Granted, both these trends pointing in Lions' directions. They're off the bye. Packers coming off a big win on the road against another playoff contender. I'm on the Packers with you, Tyler. Um, this Lions defense is not good. They're giving up over 405 yards a game. That's 27th in the NFL. This Packers team has figured something out, uh, and that Aaron Jones is good at football. Um, he's really good. And I think they're going to continue to ride him this season. And uh, I, I like them a lot in the spot. Four and a half feels a little low. I know the Lions, again, they're over 500. They've covered three in a row. But I think on the road at Lambeau, that's a totally different animal than in the dome. And uh, I I like the Packers in the spot. Four and a half. It's not, a, not enough respect for this team, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's enough at all packers are arguably the best team in the nfc i know the saints and our 49ers would have a say in that but they're up there aaron jones played great last week versus dallas i think that just continues to build the confidence of this team and the offense with matt lafleur having this home game and then their home next week versus um the raiders that gives them a chance to go start the season six yes six and one so like i would put them in square uh whole position to not just win the division but get a bye so i think these next two home games for the packers are super important and they'll realize that and as you mentioned four and a half just doesn't feel like a lot i'm surprised this isn't closer to a touchdown maybe that should tell us something we should take the lines but i mm. I'm, not, I'm not doing it i'm not doing it
2: yeah i i already sniffed out my one trap game of the week with with that Browns pick that's that's enough for me I'm on I'm on the Packers in this one but we're going to take a quick break here and then we will have Todd on to talk a little NFL and his uh, lock of the week there are countless ways to keep up on what's happening in the world of sports But how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day? Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. Now coming to the stage, Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Each morning, you'll see the best stories from around the sports world, from the NBA and NFL, to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. Love ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Read it in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, You'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. Join the hundred thousand sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself a time and favor, sign up for the sports, Axios Sports newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. Seriously, I subscribe to it and it makes me feel more informed without spending time clicking through websites, apps, and social media platforms. Again, try it for free, 99 at sports.axios.com. A few of us on the show use Harry's razors. If you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who have tried harry's claim your special offer by going to harry's.com backslash blue wire why try harry's harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors harry's makes quality durable blades at a fair price just two dollars per blade if you don't love your shave let them know and they'll give you a full refund this summer refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set, it comes with weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel, shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com/bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com/bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. Okay. And Tyler and I are excited to welcome back on the full slate airwaves recurring guest and friend of the program, Todd Wishnev from Showtime's action, uh, docu series, Todd, welcome back. We're excited to have you and we figure it made sense to have you back on given that, uh, tomorrow's Yom Kippur. Haha.
1: Uh-huh. yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, we figure we'd check in, see how your, uh, your NFL season's going, uh, have the picks treated you well thus far through five weeks of the NFL season?
1: Well, you know the uh, the pregame picks that I've done for the uh, circuit contest, I'm in the circuit contest this year, and uh, so you know how you make five picks. Are you guys familiar with the contest? Yeah yeah, so you make five picks a week. So I'm 16 and nine in that contest, which puts me in the top 10 percent, which is pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, most of the NFL betting that I actually bet pregame is done in game. Um, and so I haven't been doing as well with my in game picks with the NFL, unfortunately.
0: Got it. That sounds a lot like Coden, myself. We do a similar style pick and pull and we've been doing really well so far, but, when it comes to actually betting on the games, we tend to go away from those picks. How does this year uh, betting and just overall compare to last year where Showtime was following you around with the cameras? Have you noticed uh, any difference?
1: no, um, Not really. I mean, Showtime really wasn't around that much. So it wasn't really, you know, that much of a difference, no.
2: Got it. And uh, I figured we have you on. So got to take your temperature as a Steelers fan. You are cautiously optimistic before this season started. Obviously, obviously everything's kind of hit the fan here. Big Ben getting hurt after week one. Uh, Mason Rudolph goes down last week with one of the scariest injuries you'll see. Uh, He was just lifeless on the the field. Um, So where's your head at with this season? And what were your thoughts on that Minka Fitzpatrick trade?
1: You know, I I I was nervous after the first game, even with Big Ben. And I think the biggest problem is with no Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster is not really a number one receiver, and therefore not enough people can get open. And I think that was going to hinder the offense a lot. And that's you know, kind of what's happened, even with Rudolph, even in the game they played really well against Cincinnati. Rudolph didn't really throw the ball; he just threw a bunch of little touch passes that. Cincinnati couldn't figure out where jet sweeps, and that's how they pretty much gained most of the yardage. So I'm not very optimistic about the Steelers at all. I think it's going to be a rough year. And, of course, now we're on the eighth-string quarterback, so that can't be good. As far as its patrick goes, um, you know, I don't know enough. I don't get to see, like, the All-22 tape where I could, you know, know enough about individual personnel on teams as to whether they're worth first-round draft picks or not, but it seems like a not very Steeler thing to do, so kind of unusual.
0: Just watching the uh, 49ers-Steelers game, that was Fitzpatrick's first game with the team. He's super talented. He's all over the field, but giving up a first-round pick was a little head-scratching to me because you, that was after Big Ben gets hurt. You have Mason Rudolph. We weren't sure what we had there. He didn't really show much in his time before getting hurt. And now, like you mentioned, they're on the third string quarterback. That could be a potential top ten pick they gave up. Very unstealers like as you mentioned.
1: Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, that, that Niners game, they should have been totally blown out. The Niners just kept turning the ball over to keep them in the game. Um, so that, you know, that, that wasn't very positive. I didn't really think that. Yeah, First of all, I don't think the Ravens are even that good. And they were having a hard time with the Ravens, obviously. So, yeah, I think it's going to be rough for the Steelers this year.
2: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a rough go. But we'll see. We'll see how they perform Sunday night uh, under the bright lights with with their new rookie quarterback
1: that they're trying out there, Devlin Hodges. Um, yeah, I think so, it's a bad spot for them because the, the Chargers are coming off a loss. They've got to think they've got to win one here sooner or later. Um, you know, they are a decently talented team. Of course, Anthony Lynn is a is a train wreck coach, but uh, <laughs> not a good luck for the Steelers. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, Tyler, should we get to our uh, lock of the week here? Let's sure. do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we uh, – Todd, Tyler and I have given out our locks of the week this season – Last year was a little bit of a roller coaster for us, but we're actually on this specific play each week. We're both four and one, so we're trying to keep that mojo going. Um, we normally pick one game against the spread um, or an over/under each week. Um, Todd, since you're you're a guest here, we'll we'll kick it to you first. Uh, what's your
1: what's your uh, lock of the week here? Uh, I didn't realize I could do a total, but okay. I was just looking at the sides. I guess. The number one pick I would go with this week is Tennessee. I think Tennessee is uh, pretty well coached with Vrabel. Uh, probably should have won the game against uh, Buffalo, who I think is pretty good this year, um, had it not been for all those missed field goals they had. I think Tennessee uh, can win on the road. They're, they're um, you know not really a flashy team, but they're going to keep it close. And I just think Fangio – You know, after that uh, Chargers performance, when they brought the Chargers back in the game, in a game they had no business doing that, Um, you know, I I can't trust Denver. And so I'm just going to go with the better coach team here. Tennessee, I see, is uh, two and a half.
0: Tennessee is just such a weird team. They're so hard to predict. Um, You know, they won a couple weeks ago in Atlanta, looked pretty impressive in that game. And then last week, you know, they kind of drop a dud. The kicker misses four field goals a game that they maybe could have won, but we just we never see anything for Mariota to give any confidence. It's a team Cody and I try to uh stay away from, but seems like maybe they could catch Denver, you know, coming off their first one in the season, feeling a little high and uh, catch them on a bad spot. Yeah. The the thing that
2: makes me nervous about uh Tennessee in this spot, Todd, is just in Denver, Mile High. I know this isn't the same Denver teams we've seen in the past when they had Peyton Manning. Or I mean, past few years it's been a train wreck there, but they still been, have been pretty solid at home. That for me, for me, it's it's a stay away. Like Tyler said, I don't think I've ever been on the right side of a Titans game, either betting for or against them. Um, I, I just really don't think it's happened. Do we know who their new kicker is, Tyler? You know, I don't even know.
0: It's uh it's Cody it's Cody sorry Todd it's Cody Parkey the uh ex Bears kicker. Oh wow. Oh great. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> probably not a great factor. I'm just going to hope they
2: get touchdowns. Yeah yeah, I mean this Titans team it seems like when they score last week they they put up seven. They obviously have a bunch of missed field goals, but when they score they score in bunches and it seems like they are the kings of uh the long touchdowns. Uh, so I guess for you Todd hoping for a couple of Derrick Henry touchdowns and kind of some of those Mariota passes that uh that hit for home runs. Um Tyler, I'll I'll
0: kick it to you now. What's your lock of the week? So my lock of the week, as mentioned earlier, Cody. Um, a total I love this week is the over in the 49ers-Rams game, 50 and a half. Now, now the 49ers defense, um, as we've talked about, has been playing great so far. They were great on Monday night versus the Browns. But I think in this game, coming off a short week and the Rams having extra rest, I do see them maybe struggling a bit. And this is, will be the best offense they've played. So in their three last matchups, the total average has been 58.6 points. These teams are second and sixth, respectively, in points per game this year. 49ers at 31.8, Rams at 29.2. The over has hit four of the last five times in this matchup. I think this is going to be a very similar game to what we saw with Rams-Seahawks. High scoring, back and forth. The Rams throw it um, the most times in the NFL, so I think they're going to try to sling it around, uh, maybe take advantage of the 49ers secondary, which has played well this year, but Without a Keller Weatherspoon, I'm still a little wary of Emmanuel Mosley as their second cornerback. So I, I love the over in that game. Yeah,
2: Todd, what are you uh, – as, as a 49ers fan, Tyler, I obviously I, – I see this one also being a shootout. I think it'll be similar, 31-27 kind of game. Um, and I think there is going to be a little bit of a fatigue factor short week. Granted, they don't have to travel far, but still – Rams get an extra couple days of rest and um the the secondary played great against Baker Mayfield if the the defensive front can continue to get that kind of pressure that they got on Mayfield on Goff I think I think this bet might be in trouble but um I I like that as well I think this game gets opened up pretty early and often um Todd what's your what's your thought on uh Tyler's lock of the week
1: I like it over too I think that uh the Rams used to have a very vaunted defense. The last two weeks, they gave up a billion to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and and Seattle drove the ball up and down the field against them. So I'm not, you know, overly impressed. The one game they played really well on defense was against the Saints, but that was the first game with Teddy Bridgewater, and I don't think they were the Saints were really ready for that. So, um, you know, I think that the Rams' defense is not as good, and against a top offense like San Francisco, I think San Francisco will be able to score, and the Rams at home can score against anyone. So uh, if I think both teams can score, I'd kind of like be over.
0: Yeah, and I think another angle to look at is, you know, 49ers are super run heavy. They're leading the NFL in rushing. But you look at the Rams-Seahawks game last week, the C- Seattle ran the ball 43 times, and that game was still high scoring. So 49ers can do what they want on offense, uh, like Todd mentioned not the same Rams defense we've seen in the past Marcus Peters isn't as good as he used to be so I think this is high scoring back and forth and I do see um, this is the first matchup with Garoppolo versus Goff Um, so I think there'll be a little competition there to see who's got the better QB Cody what's your uh, lock of the week
2: yeah, so we, we've already kind of briefly spoke about it, just talking about Todd Steelers. I love the Chargers on Sunday night in this spot. They're seven-point home favorites, which I I lost a little bit of money on the Chargers this past week in a teaser spot in that loss to Denver. Chargers at this point are two and three. And granted, we're only five games into the season, but if they are going to be a playoff team, they, they have to get their act together and win this game at home in a primetime spot against the Steelers third string quarterback. Again, Devlin Hodges making his first career start on Sunday night football, not the easiest spot. And the Chargers do have uh, that great pass rush. So I, I like them a lot. I think a couple of reasons why here, the Steelers rush defense has been pretty bad so far this year. They're giving up about 126 yards per game. Melvin Gordon, this is his second week, I think, really fully in the mix and back. I know he played a couple weeks ago, but it was sparingly. I see him and Eckler having big games, them being able to control time of possession and really really eat away at this clock. And I, I think they're going to have their way with with this Steelers defense. I don't see uh, Devlin Hodges really being able to move the ball. I mean, Mike Tomlin to start overtime versus – Uh, The Ravens, he gave the Ravens the ball first. Uh, That's not a huge vote of confidence in this guy, uh, Devlin. So I I, I don't see him being able to roll out that much new stuff um, in in just one week of preparation. And the biggest thing here with the Chargers, we all know, in the Phillip Rivers era, this team has been – so hard to predict week in week out and I love this stat for them They're the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team their last 14 games following a loss they're 11-2-1 against the spread like that just sums up the LA Chargers everything we know about them everything we know about Anthony Lynn um, I think they they should if they are going to actually be a playoff team or make a push they have to win this game and cover uh versus Versus Steelers, so that's that's my lock of the week. Chargers minus seven. Todd, I'm I'm sorry to do this to you as a guest and go go directly against your team here.
1: Oh, I think it's a good pick. I, like I said before, <laughs> the Chargers have to win this game, and they can't be messing around. And now you're on the 14th string quarterback with the Steelers. That cannot be a, a good uh, you know spot for Pittsburgh. Seven's a lot for any Anthony Lynn coach team. But if you're going to do it, this would be the time to do it.
0: I agree uh, with both of you guys. I think the Chargers are two and three. And, you know, that second wild card in the AFC is so up for grabs. You have to start winning some of these games. And they've already lost a couple they should have. Um, One thing I would bring up that makes me slightly nervous about this is in L.A., there's going to be a ton of Steelers fans there. They've played in – I remember when they played in San Diego on Monday night a while back, there were a ton of Steelers fans. I feel like this could be another spot where maybe the Chargers are a little outnumbered in their home stadium. Something they're used to, but just keep an eye on. Yeah, the fact that they're on their
2: third-string quarterback, like we're not even dealing with Mason Rudolph at this point. It's Devlin Hodges. I think maybe that keeps a few people at home. And uh, the late start, maybe they're like, yeah, it's not worth it. Even though it's on the West Coast, like maybe it's still not worth it for them. Um, but Todd, thank you very much for joining us again. We appreciate you coming back on. Do you have any uh, plays for, for tomorrow on Yum Kipper? Maybe some, one of these baseball games?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I haven't even uh, looked at what, what was the line on that game five in the Dodger game.
2: Uh, I saw earlier. I think the Nats were like plus one thirty on the money line, um, with Strasburg going against Walker Buehler.
1: It's Walker Buehler against who? who? Did you say
2: Strasburg?
1: Oh yeah, Strasburg. Yeah, hmm, that's a really that's a really tough game to call. I guess if I had to play it, I would probably play it on the uh, plus money side.
2: On the on the Nats.
1: Yeah, I would probably play the Nats, and I would. I'd probably play the first five because, you know, you just don't want to get into the Nats' bullpen in a big spot. Mm-hmm.
2: I like that. As, uh, as San Francisco Giants fans, Tyler and I, our hearts are, are with that pick. And hey, who knows, game five, all the pressure is on the Dodgers. Um, so you never know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was picking. Was you know, I was saying on that Gill show that the Nats hit 11-1, to you know, midway through the season to win the National League was not a bad, play. Of course, I went for the long shot match, but um, you know, it was uh, I, I did think the Nats were a nice play, too.
0: Yeah, I think this is the spot that the Nationals are set up to compete with the best teams in the league with that rotation. Strasburg, Scherzer, Patrick Corbin. So Strasburg pitches like he did in game two. They definitely have a chance Just a spot, historically, the Nationals have never came up clutch in a game like this. Maybe this year's different. They won the wild card game coming back. Maybe, you know, it's, as Bill Simmons says, the Patrick E getting Bryce Harper out of there. Maybe it reversed their Juju. So I hope the Nationals win, but just historically, we haven't seen it from them.
1: Yeah, true. I would agree with all that.
2: Awesome. So Todd, where can our listeners follow you on uh, Twitter?
1: Uh, At T Wishnev, W-I-S-H-N-E-V. At T Wishnev, uh, you can follow all my Twitter stuff.
2: Awesome. Thanks again, Todd. And we will talk soon.
1: Not a problem. Thanks, guys.
0: And thanks again to Todd for joining us um, and giving his lock of the week. So he was on the Titans minus two and a half. Versus is the Broncos this week. I'm on the over in the 49ers Rams game at 50 and a half. And Cody's taking the Chargers minus seven on Sunday night football. Now that's a pretty awful Sunday night game. So that sets (laughs) up well for me to um, watch the season finale of succession while you sweat out the Chargers trying to cover that game that's true (laughs) i i
2: I did not think about that uh i more so thought about it was like oh okay we're gonna have to record the lock of the week recap after the game which i was like kind of selfish by me but i feel very good about it um this secession thing kind of puts my brain in a pretzel a little bit but hopefully chargers get off to a good enough start and that game's a little bit out of hand and i can stream stream the game on my laptop and have secession up and Uh, see what happens with the Roy family
0: yeah the blood sacrifice it's coming this week I'm excited for it quick note before we end it I saw this stat on Twitter about the Minnesota Twins and I just had to bring it up so (laughs) they've lost 16 straight playoff games that's tied for the longest streak in major sports wait playoff
2: playoff games
0: yeah what did I say
2: no that's crazy I thought you're gonna say series that's that's even crazier
0: yeah, 16 straight playoff games. And I don't think they've won a game since 2004. And it's not like they, ha- like they make it like somewhat frequently. They just can never win. Um, so like I said, tied for the longest streak in major sports. 13 of those 16 losses have come the versus the Yankees. And they've been eliminated by the Yankees six out of the seven last playoff appearances. That is tough going for the Twins. It's just, that is so bad. Um, As
2: someone who made a little money on the Twins wins over this year, I haven't spoken enough about that. Uh, I mean, they won 101 games. This team won 101 games. They set home run records. They were hitting bombs all year. The pitching was just bad. The pitching was not good. And the Yankees are a buzzsaw. Um, I Hope the Astros are losing right now in Game Four. There's a real chance that game that series goes five versus the Rays. I hope the Astros pull it out because I really do want to see Astros Yankees. But oh my God, if you're a Twins fan, uh, thoughts and prayers to my friend Nathan Johnson, John Sabat, a couple Minneapolis residents. It, I mean, you're just constantly. I mean, you have a fun regular season, but the playoffs end so brutally every time.
0: Brutal. I mean, they did win a hundred game, hundred and one games. And they set the home run record for a season, but that division is garbage. The Indians were competitive, 93 wins, but you look at the other three teams, the White Sox, Kansas City, and Detroit, those are three (laughs) awful teams. Detroit won 47 (laughs) games this year. Yeah, under 50. that's miserable. So those are a lot of games. Those are a lot of games you're cleaning up on. You play a combined 57 versus those 3 teams. I think it skews your record a little bit, but I agree with you. It looks like the Rays should hold on to this game, but I want to see Ashers Yankees. Those are the two best teams in the AL. And on the NL side, um tomorrow, I guess today for people listening to it, we have bo- both game 5s going. Cardinals, Braves, Nationals, Dodgers. Quick uh, prediction, Cody. Who do you think is in the NLCS?
2: I took a little flyer on a World Series matchup of Astros, Nats, and Astros, Braves. So I'm riding with those two teams. Game five. You never know what you're going to get. Braves have a heartbreaking loss in game four. The Cardinals just are a team that don't die. But I do think the Braves are more talented. I think they win. And the Nationals, again, Strasburg was absolutely lights out in game two. He's going to have to do the same in game five. Walker Buehler is a stud, but all the pressure in the world's on the Dodgers. They made the world series multiple times. They it's at this point, it's like put up or shut up with them. Um, So all the pressures on them. I like the Nats getting the value. Todd likes it. I like
0: it. What do you like, Tyler? Yeah, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Um, I like. I just like watching the two teams you want to win. I want to win just from like an entertainment standpoint. I don't have any money on it, but Braves are just a more fun team to watch than the Cardinals. Yadier Molina is like 55, and he keeps just getting clutch hits. He doesn't die. It felt like that game four was kind of their chance to end the series, and maybe they blew it. But at home, I don't know. I, I just like the Braves. And then Nationals-Dodgers, it's a completely biased pick. I want the Dodgers to lose and see their season end. So I'm riding Strasburg. He's been great in the playoffs. He was great for them all season. Um, so I'm, I'm riding the better pitcher in Game 5. Yeah, so if full slate listeners
2: want to go with the Fade-Darwick-Bias uh, parlay, they can with Dodgers-Rams um, and and see Dodgers, how that works. cardinals no, Dodgers Dodgers Rams, I'm saying cross sport. Uh, since obviously we're more than biased, but when it comes to the 49ers, so um, just just fading off our bias. You see what I did there?
0: Good job by you.
2: <laughs> Sugar
0: Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.